that time in our lives that I know we all like to really block out and sort of not think about and pretend didn't even really happen, and that is the pandemic. There were a lot of fears about the different ways that it was going to affect us, and a lot of concerns about the way that it was going to really impact children, especially small children, those that were born during COVID-19. Specific concerns about kids not being able to meet developmental milestones because of so much stress going on and the lack of socialization. So, you know, now that Thankfully, some time has passed since that time in our lives. We can look back on the data and see what that effect really looks like so far on really young kids. We're going to get that perspective from our guest, who is Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Calgary. Dr. Gerald Giesbrecht is joining us. Dr. Giesbrecht, thanks so much for making the time. Thank you for having me. So uh, clarify, if you can, from your perspective, what some of those concerns were during COVID. Was it was it specifically the lack of socialization that we thought was going to have the biggest effect on young kids and those born during the pandemic? Or was there a little bit more to it than that? Oh, I, I think certainly lack of socialization was a key issue. I think, you know, the when we sort of uh, think back, as you put it, to that time in our lives a little while ago. It disrupted pretty much every component of our lives, from the way we exercise, to the way we eat, to the way that we socialize with other people, to the way that we work. And um, your kids, they pick up on all of that stuff. It trickles down to them in one way or another. So, you know, the the potential for disruption to child development was really across the board. But when we sort of think about what were the key issues, I think the ones that you raised really are the ones, the socialization and uh, the increase in stress that parents were feeling. Yeah, I mean, stress across the board for everyone who lived through it. I mean, let's be real. We all remember yeah. it and it, it all it affected all of us to some extent. But I wonder about, you know, when, if you look at the the pregnant mother or the expecting mother during COVID, was that an, an increase? Uh, was that increase in stress something that was really detrimental? Well, I think time will tell on that. It certainly... There's more to that story and, and you know, what we know from previous studies prior to the pandemic and the reason that we were concerned about it when the pandemic started is that we know that stress during pregnancy has a negative effect on children's development. And so, um, you know, certainly we see it in different ways, in different contexts for different kids. It means something slightly different. And, you know, the, the thing that I like to emphasize is even though we know that stress during pregnancy does have these negative effects on kids' development, there are always opportunities to sort of uh, regain some of that ground postnatally, especially through uh, good quality relationships. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Harvard Center for the Developing Child has discuss this as the kind of the serve and return sort of that back and forth between kids and their parents and especially when they're really young yeah you know you think serve and return kind of like a ball going back and forth but that's kind of like the conversation the looks the gestures the giggles the the actions and so it's that kind of attentive in tune interactions with kids that really can overcome 
a lot of difficulties in their lives. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to the question whether or not the pandemic affected a, a child or young child's development, I think your research really suggests to me the resiliency that we see in kids. But yes. I don't want to give all mm-hmm. the all the details away. I think that you are better suited to do to do that. So, so the results are actually pretty positive in terms of there not being much of a yeah. negative effect, right? Yeah. So what we see is that by far the majority of kids are doing just fine. And, you know, by far, I I mean, approximately 90% of kids who are showing, you know, on track development across the board, across the main developmental domains that we look at when we consider, um, you know, sort of the key aspects of child development, like communication, their motor ability, their social abilities, but there are some kids who are being more affected. And so we do see that in some areas, like for example, in the socialization area and communication, we see an almost doubling of the risk of sort of falling behind. And that might sound a little bit alarming um, because doubling seems like a lot. But the actual number of kids who were, who were really falling behind prior to the pandemic was really low, like less than 1%. And okay. so a doubling is, okay, now we're looking at something close to 2%, but it's still a very small number of kids. The, the thing that, that we're con- you know, more concerned about than, than really the, the number of kids who are falling behind is really, can the service providers sort of meet this um, increased demand? Because, uh, you know, service providers are already stretched and really sort of doing their best with limited resources. And so, you know, over the next couple of years, what we might be seeing is that some of these kids who are falling a little bit more behind might be seeking additional support and services to try to achieve some of that catch up. And I think that might be might end up putting uh, a lot of pressure on our uh, healthcare and education system. So there's more work then to be done to follow up and sort of see what the really long term effects are going to be. For sure, and you know some of these things can sort of show up a bit later, as in sort of what we sometimes refer to as sleeper effects, where early on you don't see any differences, but it's later on that you see some of the. Uh, negative effects and the opposite happens too where some of the early effects that we might be concerned about sort of just melt away over time as kids have the opportunity for more social interaction for more you know as things are opening up and they're getting into the playgrounds and they're um, interacting and having these opportunities to uh, sort of expand their horizons their development just comes along really nicely Hmm. so Some of the problems sort of fade away and others of them might emerge. And that's really a story that we just have to wait to see how it unfolds. So when we go back to that 90% of kids that are that are for the most part meeting developmental milestones aren't showing real challenges when it comes to being social or um, or issues when it comes to communication, does it then does it suggest that there's less of an importance on that really early socialization for young kids or would it suggest instead that maybe the parents took a larger role in in communicating with their kids and understanding that they're not getting it from those external sources. And so they just stepped up. 
I, you know, that is my interpretation. It's 100% my interpretation that we should really, I mean, the heroes of the pandemic were the parents who stepped up. They were working at home while caring for their kids and they were being teachers to their children, et cetera. All these multiple roles at the same time. Um, and I don't want to pretend that that was easy or that that was good for them to yeah. do that. But I think what we, the, the message that I take from this is that parents really stepped up. And despite the massive disruptions to their own lives, they saw the importance of being able to provide for their kids, you know, these appropriate stimulation for their development. And I think that's the primary reason. But to be, you know, just to be honest about it, I haven't um, been able to really investigate this in terms of looking at our data to really explain why Mm. some of these negative effects are happening or what the resilience factors are. But if we look at the sort of literature as a whole and uh, sort of put our finger on what are some of these key resilience factors, Uh, At the top of the list is uh, typically a a parent who is able to really facilitate and provide the uh, really great developmental experiences for kids. Yeah, I mean, if there's something to celebrate coming out of uh, COVID, I'll I'll take it. So I think let's leave it there on a positive note. (laughs) Dr. Giesbrick, thanks so much for your work on this and for making the time this afternoon. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Take care. That's Dr. Gerald Giesbrecht, Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Calgary. So it looks like that fear that we had about newborn babies and those born uh, during the early months of COVID uh, weren't as developmentally affected as we might have thought that they would be, which is great news.